But while you're standing there, how about grabbing your Bibles and open up to the sixth chapter of Matthew? Matthew 6, starting with verse 25. Jesus says, Therefore I say unto you, do not worry about your life. What you'll eat, what you'll drink, nor about your body, what will you put what you'll put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to a stature? So why do you worry about the clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Verse 3 is the real key. Verse 33 said, Jesus said, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Chad, would you open us in prayer? And I want you to remember Brent Harper. Pray that liver takes, takes hold in him. Talk about the kingdom of God. Kingdom principles. Uh, this is by no means an exhaustive list. But I fear that we're living in a day where we want kingdom benefits without following kingdom rules of the church in America today. I want to talk about some areas of kingdom benefits. It's funny that Jesus says, do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? And I was thinking when we were kids, it was a long time ago. I'll be 60 this year. When, when If you're around my age, you've got to remember when we were growing up about tennis shoes. There were, uh, I'm going to tell myself, how many of you remember PF Flyers? Keds. And the Converse with the blue, blue, big blue star on the side. The high tops. Those were bad news, were they not? There, there was a time in Keith's life when there was a, a this Converse came out with a shoe called the Pump. Do you remember it? You could get it just the right cushion under your foot. It had a little pump on the side of it. And they were about $200. And Keith said, Dad, I'd love to have a pair of them. I said, buddy, I, I refuse to pay more for your shoes than I do tires for my truck. I will not do it. I said, I'll, I'll give you so much and you can mow grass or whatever. You can earn some money add to it. It just happened to be a boy down the road he went to school with had a pair of this. He wore them and didn't like them. So he gave them to Keith. They were like brand new. So Keith wore them twice. He said, I just don't like these. 
I said, you can thank God. I didn't buy them for you because you would sleep in them. At that price. $200 for tennis shoes. But as, as you get older and you still have the same things. What am I going to wear? What am I going to eat? What? Some things never change, do they? Jesus says you have to lay all that aside. He says, I want you to seek first my kingdom, my righteousness, and all that other stuff will be added unto you. So he lays out some kingdom principles. But I'm telling you, you and I cannot have kingdom benefits without following kingdom rules. The word if is a big thing in the word of God. Oh, it's in there many, many times. The Word of God tells us in Galatians 6 that God is not mocked. He's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, you can finish it. He's going to reap. You sow to the Spirit, you reap life everlasting. You sow to the flesh, you reap you get destruction. That God is not mocked. No matter, we can come to church and raise our hands, we can do all the right things that looks like on the outside, but He said, if you're sowing to the flesh, you're going to reap destruction. You'd be amazed how many times people come in here, they're raising their hands, and, and all they're thinking about is going out on their spouse, looking around trying to find someone in here. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. It, it happens all the time. It happens every church. It's, it's the manifestation of the flesh. Well, I'm going, to turn, I'm going to start with Luke, Luke 6, and we're going to look at some principles. Kingdom principles. Verse 38, Jesus said, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. I remember one time when Adam was making a plea for restoration one year, he said, give like you're given out of your neighbor's wallet. He said, what, whatever measure we're given, that's, a, that's what you're going to receive back. It's going to be exactly the same. That's it. If you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. I'm not sure what to do with all this silence. Look, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get this out of the way quick. But, but I, I, I'm going to tell you, I cannot pass this over because this is a kingdom principle. It's a very important one. That Jesus talked about money more than anything else. You'll see it. It's all through the Gospels. He addressed money. Now, you know that if we're talking about money, we've got to go to Malachi. I told you before, whenever I talk about tithing, I want you to remember, I'm a sheep. I'm like you. So you're hearing it from someone who sits out there. This is a principle of God. Now, I want you to, as we read this, you listen to the principles that's found in the Word of God. Verse 8 in Malachi 3 
says, will a man rob God? You can write right beside that, yes. Yet you've robbed me, but you say, in what way have you robbed me? Have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings, you are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Verse 11 is the greatest incentive of all of tithing. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the fields, say the Lord of hosts, and all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts, if you tithe. You will be. You will be. God said, when you do it, I'm going to cause other people to notice you got your socks blessed off, that there's going to be something different about you. And I will just tell you, tithing more than likely will not fit into your budget. And there's a reason for that. We just read that Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And that's what you'll hear people say, well, by the time I, I pay my house payment, my car payment, my insurance and groceries, you know, gas is sky high. And then you got the kids, they're eating like there's no tomorrow. And there's nothing left by the time we do that. It's because we're not doing it first. That's why. Proverbs 3, verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. So I want the first fruits. I want the first. People ask me, well, do I tithe on the net or do I tithe on the gross. Just tithe. Just tithe. Now, as I read the Word of God, I believe we should tithe on the gross. Well, there, after I pay taxes, look, it does, the first fruit goes to God. The first fruit. Now, you're looking at a man who had four kids in five years. It does not work on paper. I'm telling you, it doesn't work. But God always pulls through. Psalm 37, 25 says, I've been young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread, ever. God will take care of you. He'll make it appear out of somewhere. I promise you. He makes it appear. He makes it work. If I was to give anyone marriage counseling of any kind, the first thing I told my kids before they got married, all three of them, I said, tithe. You want your marriage protected? Tithe. He'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. I've never, ever ran into a couple who divorced who would tithe. Ever. 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 This works. 
This works. I, I know that right now some of you are steaming. Some of you are saying, well, that's in the Old Testament. That's... So is thou shalt not kill. You got a problem with someone killing? How about lying? How about adultery? Well, that's in the Old Testament too. Got a problem with someone having an affair with your spouse? That's in the Old Testament. Look, I, I, I'm telling you, this is a kingdom principle. And this, this will ruffle more feathers than speaking in tongues. I promise you. Because where your heart is, and the, and the problem is, if you look at America, look at us. We're, we're building, we're storing up treasures on earth. Look at us. Look at what we're amassing. When I was growing up, the, the big thing was the ranch house. Hey, everyone, look on Country Club Drive. You know what's on Country Club Drive off Mayweather? Ranch houses. That was the thing. And now look, there's two people living in 8,000 square feet homes. It's insanity. We're, we're, we're storing up treasures here, church. We really are. Whew, done with that, aren't you glad? We're moving on. I told you, I promised you, I wouldn't stay there long. But this is one of the kingdom principles. Now go to Matthew 5. That's one of them. Give. It'll be given to you. Remember, with the same measure. Oh, I said I was done, didn't I? Matthew 5. Listen, that one's easy compared to this one. Tithing's easy compared to this one. Look at Matthew 5, verse 43. You have heard it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say unto you, whew, I'd rather tithe any day. Tithing's cakewalk compared to this. He said, you love your enemies. You love them. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. I'd tithe any day. This is a kingdom principle. He says, why? That you may be the sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the IRS do the same thing? That's what it's saying. The IRS. He said, big deal, so you love someone who loves you. Love someone who giving you stuff. He said, what about these people? You, you got to love your enemies. I'm not standing up here telling you this is easy to do. I'm telling you this is a kingdom principle. Romans 12, 21, he says, well, let's just turn there because I want to read a little bit more. Romans 12. 19 says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it's written, Vengeance is mine, I'll repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. This should not be incentive to do it. It should not be. He said, it's what happens. 
He says, be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. It can be done. This is a kingdom principle. And uh, all through the Word of God, especially in Proverbs, you find talking about the tongue, and we'll get there. But my gosh, you talk about a terrible thing to have misused. I said, I've, I've got kingdom principles for your tongue. For your tongue. He said, you love your enemies. Just love them. How many of you find that easy to do? Thank you. I'm glad I'm not the only one. You understand we have enemies. We have enemies. Sometimes Jesus said, your own enemies will be of your, your own household. Brother, sister, mom, dad, cousins, sons, daughters. It, it happens. Darkness and light. That's where your enemies will be. You love them. You love your enemies. Love speaks loudly. I was one into the kingdom with love. This unlovable man was loved into the kingdom. It works. It works. She, she is sitting right there. She loved me in. She prayed me in. She loved me in. She was not overcome with evil. She overcame evil with good. It worked. It worked. If you're out there, your husband is lost, I would just, you got a spouse that's lost, I would say overcome evil with good. She worried me for a while. She got too nice. She did. I would be getting ready to go down to the cafe and right there is where all the trouble would start. There would always be a big blow up. I'd love to go down there, drink beer and shoot pool. And when you have four children, you, you really don't have a lot of extra money, let alone enough money. And so going down there, uh, I would get rid of what money that should have been used to pay bills and everything else, I actually came back home with more troubles than what I left with. And so it would cause a flare-up. Our little redhead will speak up every now and then. Well, one time I started to go down there and was expecting a big blow-up, and she said, Honey, you stay as long as you want. You enjoy yourself. Have a great time. Yeah, right. All I could do was get down there and think, she was awful anxious to get rid of me. What the heck is going on? Next time it happened, she said, Honey, you stay as long as just enjoy yourself. And what happened was that she got so sweet, I just wanted to be around her more. I quit going to the bars. I started bringing beer home. Listen, it sounds foolish, but it was a step in the right direction. God was doing something in me. She won me with her love. I'm telling you, the people who seem impossible to you right now in your life, love them. If they're an enemy, God says, you love them. Don't be overcome with evil. 
overcome evil with good. This is a kingdom principle that I stand here today because this principle. That's why I'm here. This principle works. I was loved into the kingdom. That person who irritates the life out of you needs loved into the kingdom. You know who they are. Everyone's got at least one. They need loved in. It will speak to them. It may not be until their deathbed, but it will speak to them. Love bears all things. Here comes another one, Proverbs 15. This would be a good one to write down for a kingdom principle. Verse 1. Are you married? You've had to have proven this to be true in one way or another. A soft answer turns away wrath. Verse 1 says, but a harsh word, a grievous word, stirs up anger. Isn't it true? Isn't it funny? You can, you can get away with a lot of things if you will talk soft. You could tell someone they're a rotten scoundrel, but if you do it with a nice voice, instead of that, isn't it amazing? Because what happens when you are addressed with a loud voice? If, unless you're made of something different than me, I'm, I can get louder than that. And whoever I'm talking to says, well, I can get louder than that. And so what happens? It gets ugly quick. And isn't it amazing? This principle, God says, a soft answer, it turns it away. You can kill it. You can kill an argument with a soft voice. It is hard to argue with someone who will not raise their voice. It's hard to. It's no fun. It's not. Try it. It's not fun. It's, unless you can have a real knockdown drag out. If they're just going to be quiet, say, heck with this. Come back when you can yell like me. You'll give up. Listen, this works. This is a principle that works. A soft answer turns away wrath. I, as I sit and talk with pastor over the years, the problems that have come have come because there's not been a soft answer. It's not what, what has been said. It is how it's been said. A kingdom principle, yet another one that works. I hope you're getting some good out of this. First Thessalonians 5. The Word of God is full of principles. It tells us, though, if we're just hearers and not doers, we deceive ourselves, right? So it doesn't do us any good just to listen to it. We, we've, we've got to do it. Oh, my gosh. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 22. Abstain from all appearance of evil. You can go wherever you want with that. You and I both know what has potential to be evil. God says, I'm warning you. How many of you have had God warn you and you went ahead and did it anyway? Isn't it an awful feeling? Say, why did I not listen to you, Lord? 
There was someone one day who should have been at battle, and from his window, he saw a woman bathing. What's the big deal? Whoever would have thought because of what happened on that rooftop, he calls for her because David was king. He's allowed to. She comes to him. He lies with her. And she's pregnant after one time. She's pregnant. I don't know what to do. I, gotta, I know how I'm going to fix it. I'm going to have Uriah come in and he can lay with her. But he was such a man of honor. He said, no, I'm not going to do that. I can't, when, when all my comrades are out there battling, I'm not going to lie with my wife. I couldn't feel right doing that. This I got a better plan. I'm going to send him out there, send a note with him to give to his officer, telling him, send him in the front of the battle so he dies. And he did, and he died. And God was displeased, and he sent Nathan the prophet to him. Remember the story? One of the things Nathan told him was he said, because you have caused the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. He said, the sword will never, wow, it will never depart from your house. Never. Never. That's a strong word from God, isn't it? It will never depart from your house. Ever. So, what does he see? He sees sons killing each other, a son raping a daughter that's abstained from all appearance of evil. But she's so cute. He's a hunk. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Get away from it. Get away. If it's the TV, shut it off. If it's the computer, shut it off. All of them have an on and off switch. I'm not very computer savvy, but I know how to turn it on and I know how to turn it off. And I can tell you one thing, if you get started down that avenue, it's a hard one to get off of. All of a sudden, you're, you're in it. You say, how did I find myself here? Because we don't abstain from all appearance of evil. We entertain evil. I can handle this. We can't. We can't. If you're a man here today, you can't handle it. I'll just tell you that. If you're a man, you cannot handle it. You're made of the same thing I'm made of. You cannot handle it. Great kingdom principle. Abstain from all appearance of evil. You ever notice, Pastor, when he says we'll have people come up here and pray? Do you know why? We don't have men praying with women up here because it's the appearance of evil. It's as simple as that. He had someone years ago do that. Go over and pray with women. Single women or women who were here without their husbands. So don't, don't ever put your arm around my wife like you did just there. Don't you ever do that to my wife. Or it'll get ugly right there at the altar. Don't you ever put your arm around my wife like that. It's out of order. It is out of order. This is a kingdom principle that works. You abstain from all appearance of evil. 
If I put my arm around someone who is here without their husband, it will feed something in that person and in me that's not good. Not good. Let's stay safe. Guys, pray with guys. Girls, pray with girls. It's safe. All appearance of evil. Years ago, early in the ministry, uh, Pastor and I would go visiting. One night he couldn't go visiting, and I went visiting alone. And there was a single mother with her uh, young daughter. I went visiting with her. She lived in South Zanesville. She prayed. She received Christ. I no sooner got out that door and God spanked my bottom. said, don't you ever do that again. I said, Lord, what? she gave her life to you. She said, what did it look like? You came out of a single mother's home. You went in there alone and came out. What does it look like to neighbors? I understand, Lord. I won't do it again. Appearance of evil. Even if it was not evil, it appeared evil. Certainly had potential. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 17 says, Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I'll receive you and I'll be a father to you you shall be my sons and daughters says the Lord Almighty do not touch what is unclean word of God tells us in Ephesians do not have any fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness just but what can it hurt don't you remember asking your parents that when you was a kid but God, one night, Mom, for crying out loud, what can it hurt? Just, what's the big deal? I remember when we were doing prison ministries, I ran into this boy. Uh, his build kind of reminded me of Wes Bruning. I mean, he, he was just real tall and lanky. They called him Stretch. I never did know his real name. just knew him by Stretch. His, his dad was a pastor. And he ended up in prison because when he was young, he did live for the Lord. He fell away. Got into drinking and everything else there was out there. And then uh, give his life back to the Lord and had old buddies come around one day. And Stretch, we're, we're going out. We're going to have some drinks. You want to go with us? He said, no. He said, I... He said, I'm living for the Lord now. I've not got time for that. He said, well, we're going to drink. He said, well, we really don't want to drive and drink. He said, will you be our designated driver? He said, yeah, I'll do that. So he stretches driving. Three other guys. He's driving. All of a sudden, here's, come on, stretch. One drink won't hurt. And he drank. Another one ain't going to hurt. That night, went left to center and killed a family of six. Six. Mother, father, four children. He, to my knowledge, is still in prison. It's been a long time ago. All appearance of evil. Touch not the unclean thing. Just a little drink. What can it hurt? Come to my family reunion and I'll show you people who just drink a little bit. So they say, 
None of them believe they have a drinking problem. None of them. Be separate. Don't touch the unclean. I can still be saved and I can drink. Be separate. Don't touch that unclean thing. Don't do it. You kidding me? I've not drank since Easter Sunday, 1982. I have two brothers that would love to see me drink a beer. They would, they would give anything to see me have one open in front of me, even if I never drank it. Say I knew it wasn't real. Oh, no. For a believer, it's not about us. We can't do that. I, cannot, I think I, my body would probably go in convulsions if alcohol was in my body now. Filled with the Holy Ghost and filled with alcohol? I don't think so. I don't believe God would allow it to happen. I'm afraid to do it. I think He would kill me right on the spot. Romans 13. I pray somebody gets some good out of this. Verse 12 says, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. None. Make no provision for the flesh. But everyone's doing it. Make no provision for the flesh. Jesus said, there's a way that leads unto life. And it's real narrow. He said, there's not going to be very many on it. He said, there's a way that leads to destruction. That's wide. Crowds will be on it. You see crowds where you're headed, you're probably going the wrong way. Probably. The road that leads to life, it's narrow. He said there's going to be few that find it. Galatians 5.16 says, Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Just walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit. The Word of God says if you live after the flesh, somebody finish it for me. You shall die. That's what He says. This is a kingdom principle. Sowing to the flesh. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Man, you walk by sight. It'll be ugly. We talked about that in Sunday school this morning. You walk by sight, you will never, ever have joy. If, if your joy level is dictated by what you see, you will never have joy. And if you do, it will be short-lived. Very short-lived. We walk by faith. By faith. Because Jesus tells a story in Matthew 7 about two people who had the same thing happen to them in life. Built a house, floods came, rains descended, winds blew, beat on both houses. Both verbatim, the exact same thing. Only the house 
that was built on the rock stood. It's a kingdom principle. Jesus said, in the world you shall have tribulation. It's going to happen. But God says one of my kingdom principles is, if you will build your house on the rock, he doesn't say he'll keep the floods away and the winds away. He said, but you're going to stand. You're going to come through. He tells us in Isaiah, when you walk through the fire, you won't get burned. When you go through the waters, you won't drown. He says, because I'm with you. I'm here to deliver you. It's a principle. We walk by faith. God, I'm trusting you. I'm going on with you. When we first found out about our son, when he was diagnosed with leukemia, all I could say was, God, you have your way in this. I must trust you with all of my heart. I must lean not unto my own understanding. Because quite frankly, this was not even two months after my mother died of cancer. This does not make sense to me. I would not, had not even been saved a year. Yet, but I know I've got to trust you, Lord. I'm not going back to what I was before. I can't go back there. I can't go back. I've got to go on with you, Lord. I've got to trust you with all of my heart. I've got to walk by faith, not sight. Because sight's telling me this is a mess. So we walk by faith. That, by the way, I would, I would encourage every believer out there if you do not have this time where you meditate on the Word of God day and night, you fight for it. Pastor was talking today about he, this revival that he believes is going to come. This is going to be a big part of it. The church is going to turn back to the Word of God. The Word of God is going to become important to the church once again. Because I fear we live in this day where hey, we can do with it or without it. Turn to Proverbs 4. I'm telling you, you're getting a condensed version, believe it or not. Because there's so much. There's so many kingdom principles. We could spend Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. I'm just trying to give you a few to encourage you. You know what your life is like. But I would challenge you. You just ask God. Say, God, I want to live by your principles. I want to live by kingdom principles so that so that I can quit fretting because I'm worrying about tomorrow. I'm taking thought for tomorrow. I'm worrying about what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to wear, what I'm going to drink. God says, just seek my kingdom first. This works. It, this, this really works. You may find yourself in the most horrible place, and I'm telling you, this works. People will look at you and say, what is it about you? I've been watching you. You have not had an ideal situation, and yet you will still give God glory. What is it about you? What an open door. What an open door. Don't you wish all the news was good news? <laughs> you want just good news? Oh my gosh. Uh, CNN, Fox, ABC, Woo! if you're not on antidepressants, you will be. I cannot watch the news. I, 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 I'll take a five-minute bite of it every now and then if there's something real pressing on. If it's on, I'll leave the room. I, I cannot stand 
all the negative. It's so obvious it's controlled by the enemy. Proverbs 4, verse 20 says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. You understand there's more than a spiritual principle to this? God's Word, He gives us. This is a tremendous kingdom principle. He said, if you meditate on My Word, it'll be life to your health to your flesh. Health to your flesh. Did you ever say something different than mine? It will be health to your flesh. Health to your flesh. I would just encourage you, you devour the Word. Get it in you. If you read anything any more than what you read the Word of God, it's out of order. It's the truth. Listen, this is the only thing that does not return void. Still yet another kingdom principle. I said, it's going to accomplish that that I sent it out to do. Oh, it's going to. My word. That's why the enemy tries to steal from you, even as you sit out there tonight. That's why he has you thinking about those crazy kids over there in the teens, or what you're going to do tomorrow, what you're going to cook out, what you've got to stop and pick up. That's why you're thinking about that. Because the enemy wants the seed that's being planted right now. These are kingdom principles. I'm telling you, if you and I will live by these, we will be happy. Ain't nothing like being happy. The world's trying to find happy. Matter of fact, the best the world has to offer is happy hour. Jesus comes to give a happy life. An entire life. I want you to look right, right there while you're in Proverbs 4. We're talking about uh, abstaining from all appearance of evil. Look at verse 14. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on. Did anyone not understand that? He is emphatic. Don't get close. Don't even get close to it. He said, meditate on my word. Get my word inside of you. You want health to your flesh? Meditate on my word. This works. It works. Well, church, I'm going to give you one more kingdom principle. We're going to wind down. I don't know if you've got some music back there you want to put on. Don't know what the plan is here. Matthew 18. Powerful kingdom principle. Verse 18. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I just can't pray like that. You better start. 
you better start. You can buy nothing silently. Nothing. It is impossible. You cannot bind anything silently. I, just, I, don't, I like calling attention to myself. I, I don't like calling attention to myself either, but I don't like the creep that bothers me. And the only way I can bind him is to say, hey, I bind you in the name of Jesus. The Lord rebuke you. That's how it happens. You can't just see, be thinking to yourself, oh, I wish he wouldn't bother me. I wish he won't. He'll keep doing it. He must be bound. Can a man enter? Uh, how can a man enter his house unless he first binds a strong man? It's, it, 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 it has to take place. You've got to bind this strong man. He's out. He's out there. You speak. Oh, I wish I had time where we go through the Gospels, the times where Jesus spoke to the Spirit. Man with an unclean spirit. Legion. Even, uh, which one it was, Jesus said, Thou deaf and dumb spirit, I command thee, come out of him in the name. Right now, come out of him. Speak to that spirit. Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth, will be bound in heaven. And to make it better, look at verse look at verse 19. Again, I say to you that if... Yeah, two of you. He said, just, just two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. I'm there. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. He said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Well, now you're just getting out there now. Well, but go ahead. Just live with that imp the rest of your life then. It's time for the church to go Ralphie on him. Listen, you've got to address that spirit. If there's one in your marriage, one in your finances, one in your health, one in your children, one at work, address. If you don't know what they are, ask God. But I, you, you have the Spirit of God living inside of you, right? We're saved. His Spirit has residence inside of us. He leads us into all truth. Say, God, what do I talk? What do I call that Spirit there? I need to bind it in the name of Jesus. Maybe it's a spirit of confusion. Maybe it's jealousy. I don't know. They're all out there. But I'll tell you that God has given us authority over all the power of the devil. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever. Whatever you bind. You understand that death and life truly are in the power of the tongue? You bind something on earth, it's bound in heaven. You bind, you lose something on earth, it's loosed in heaven. Either you believe it. If you don't believe, you need to try it. You need to try it. You, you have to talk to those things. This is a kingdom principle. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. This was Sunday school this morning. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity. You and I do this. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. We've been given authority to do that. 
We have been given authority over all the power of the devil. And when that imagination comes, that thing is exalting itself against our knowledge of God. Say, I bind you in the name of Jesus. I cast you down. Every high thing that exalts itself against my knowledge of God, right now I bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. First time I tried that, I was, I was bonkers. I said it and it happened. I said, Oh, I've just hit on something here. Oh, I have just unlocked something very powerful. This is a kingdom principle. You speak to those spirits, they're subject unto you and I. Exercise that authority. It works. Got one going on in your marriage? Listen, instead of fighting with your spouse, just pray with her. That's a whole lot more fun. It really is. I've tried both. And I'm not a real quick learner, but I have learned that. What needs bound in your life? Listen, I'm telling you, church, as a brother in Christ, do not let that thing keep badgering you. You talk to that spirit. Talk to it. Talk to it. Address it and bind it. You're done. I'm tired of your foolishness. You're done. Bind spirits in your children, your family. Maybe it's your parents. Bind them. We have authority to do that. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. God has given us authority to do that. I better leave it alone. You got music back there you can put on. I pray that God will take these principles and drive them deep down in His church. There, there's such rich things in the Word of God about the kingdom principles if we will walk in them. Health to your flesh. If you don't know Christ, there's another kingdom principle. Unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Those whose names were not found written in the book of life were cast into the lake of fire. How's your name get written in the book of life? You ask God to forgive you. You repent. Say, God, I'm sorry. I've made a mess of things. I want to be right. Change masters. And I'm, I'm tired of serving that one that's not been good to me. I want to turn my life over to you. I want to follow you. That's, that's being born again. Not in what you say. I just want you to be my Lord. 